Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA, and coming to you live from the floor. We are now at Media Row. It was very early this morning that we were recording this, but we are at America Fest in Phoenix, Arizona. Sunny, the Sun Valley, the Valley of the Sun, here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I will be speaking this afternoon. But before then, today's top stories. The Ghislaine Maxwell trial will have its closing arguments today. Next, Project Veritas has named a Jake Tapper producer in an alleged underaged photo scandal. Third, new emails have been released that show Fauci and Francis Collins colluded to smear anti-lockdown scientists early on in the pandemic. And finally, a former Harvard chemistry chair has admitted to taking tens of thousands of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, we have the great reset, we have the great awakening, and now we have the great cover-up, the great hoodwink, the great mop-up operation. That's what we're seeing today in a New York courtroom in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Ghislaine Maxwell, the last surviving member that we know of on the Jeffrey Epstein network. What does this mean? Well, it means that the entire case for Ghislaine Maxwell, and we actually have to crunch the numbers on this because I'm fairly certain that if you go date by date, day by day, hour by hour, crunch this down, you will actually find that the Kyle Rittenhouse trial was longer than the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Ghislaine Maxwell, remember, she's on trial for what? Child sex trafficking, right? Bringing and recruiting underage children across state lines, taking them for the purpose of sexual activity with Jeffrey Epstein. And we are told through accuser after accuser after accuser, of being involved in international rings in terms of this, whether it be from France, whether it be from London, with members of the royal family involved, like Prince Andrew, whether it be all the way down to the Caribbean, to Little St. James Island, Palm Beach, New Mexico, et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on. But apparently the prosecution team, and we've talked about this before, which is headed by James Comey's own daughter, his hand-picked successor at the SDNY, the most politicized the most politicized district in the entire federal government. The same district, by the way, that is going after James O'Keefe for the crime of doing journalism that embarrasses the regime. Instead of actually going through and giving us an inquest, explaining to us what took place vis-a-vis Ghislaine Maxwell, no, they're not doing that. Instead, they are giving us a very clean, a very quick, very speedy and swift trial, which of course is constitutional, but at the same time, they are keeping all of the details and documents private. They made deals with Ghislaine Maxwell's legal team so that the 20,000 images that the FBI collected, the little black book, they are not coming out. Listen how NBC characterized this. Tonight, Ghislaine Maxwell speaking in court for the first time since her high profile trial began, declining to testify in her own defense telling the judge, your honor, the government has not proved its case beyond a reasonable doubt, and so there's no reason for me to testify. Maxwell faces charges of perjury, and there are other credibility issues that the government would skewer her on the stand with. The former British socialite charged with six sex-related trafficking counts, pleading not guilty to all of them. But as we were doing show prep today, I went and I, of course, I'm going dailymail.com because you gotta love, I don't know how it is, Daily Mail, right? They get these stories that nobody else seems to get in terms of our own country, what's going on. That being said, of course, Ghislaine Maxwell, she is British, they're a British tabloid. They had a source and there's a quote and it's half, of course, halfway through, through the article. So you've gotta read all these things. I've actually found 
my new trick for when I'm reading mainstream media articles, I don't start at the headline, I don't start at the beginning, I start in the middle because I know the real story is in the middle and then I work my way out. And what did I see there? Ghislaine Maxwell could start naming names to prosecutors if she is found guilty of child sex trafficking charges at a U.S. court this week in a deal to cut her sentence or get better conditions in jail, according to a legal source close to Ghislaine Maxwell. And of course, why would we say, they say, Jack, why would you believe something that a British tabloid is saying about Ghislaine Maxwell? How could they possibly, how could the British tabloids have these type of sources? Who was Ghislaine Maxwell's father? He was the head of the Daily Mirror. He was the head of the British tabloids for all of the UK, one of the most powerful, you know, and they call him the scandal rags, they call him the scandal sheets. He was one of the most powerful magnates of this, incredibly tied to so many members of the royal family. We've got pictures of him with Prince Andrew, palling around with Princess Di, Prince Charles, and of course, remember, at his funeral, which was intended by, by the way, heads of uh, very powerful intelligence agencies, we also heard that Ghislaine Maxwell herself has said that she does not believe that her father died of natural causes. They said it was a heart attack. She doesn't believe that. She has also said that she doesn't believe that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. But of course, just like everything else in this case, they're not giving us the documents. They won't release what's going on. So I say to everyone in the federal government, preserve your documents because this trial, this case, this situation is not ending. And we need a congressional commission to find out what was going on with Epstein, with the entire network, with every single person in that little black book. Project Veritas's latest release was just taken down from Twitter. It was completely erased, and the account that they used to post it was also completely erased. Not only did they take the account down and take the video down, they took the embedded video down from anyone who retweeted it. So when I actually, I ran into James the other day, and I said, James, hey, we posted the video, and he said, go back and check. I went back and checked. Twitter had taken it off of my own account. What does this mean? You have to get in the lifeboats now. It is time to batten down the hatches, to head for the lifeboats, and the best lifeboat out there is Getter. Getter.com, G-E-T-T-R.com. That is where we can go, because I went to Getter immediately after that while we were doing show prep for the show, and where did I find? I found the video immediately. So it was on Getter.com that I was able to find this. They completely suppressed this video across all of Twitter, anyone who posted it. On Getter.com, you were able to find it immediately. This is is exactly what I'm talking about. Every single day, there is another instance of this happening. That's why you need to go together, establish your presence today, and be ready for when the ban hammer comes for you. Getter.com. So a story we covered last week a little bit, talking about CNN and Project Veritas had released leaked audio. They also had a source who came forward with it, talking about what they claimed was a CNN producer who was soliciting photos of underage girls. Project Veritas afterwards, of course, we reached out to them, many people reached out to them and they said, do you have the name of the CNN producer? Because in that article, in that release they put out, the great James O'Keefe, they didn't actually name who the CNN producer was and we said we'd like to know because, for the purposes of reporting the story. Project Veritas, to their credit, later that day, released the name of the producer. And his name is Rick Salibi, 
the staffer in question who's alleged to have made these comments, and he is a producer for Jake Tapper at CNN. Listen to that audio to remind everybody just how depraved this actually was. We're looking at a text message. Could you tell us what this means? He said, so I'm not getting mother-daughter nudes uh, for, for this help. And when he says this help, he sent me money. He thinks, because you sent me money, you're gonna get a nude photo of me and my daughter? Are you insane? I do not want this girl to be a victim. I'm not a journalist, I'm not a detective. These people with power seem to get away with things. I just want this kid to be safe. And just to remind everybody, that is the only part of the audio that I am even willing to play on this program because this thing starts out with audio that is at completely XXX rated. It then goes to X rated. It then goes to NC-17 rating and then finally drops down to R. This is some of the sickest, most disgusting, degenerate stuff that I've ever heard. And the mother of the children sent a note to Project Veritas that read, and this is according to Post Millennial, I wanted to reach out sincerely to thank you again. I am very grateful towards you guys and everything you've done for me and my children. Our world has just been completely flipped upside down, but none of that matters. We're all safe. I'm hoping and praying and pushing for charges to be brought against him so that he can never do this to a child or family again. I want the public and any predators to know that without a shadow of a doubt that I will go to the absolute ends of the earth to protect my babies. And I am tremendously grateful that all you guys have saved us from him. Despite the hardships ahead, I'm going to continue to sit with these feelings of gratitude towards you guys and the women who provided you the information. Gratitude will get us through to the other side of this. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and Merry Christmas. And so here's my question and here's my challenge. And I'll say this to Jake Tapper. Last year, Jake Tapper, I challenged you to come forward to meet with me and that I would provide you a full copy of the Hunter Biden hard drive, which I still have, and I would still offer you a copy of that. But now I'm gonna give you, because you couldn't meet that challenge, you couldn't even rise to the bar for that one, I'll give you an even simpler challenge. Jake Tapper, do you recognize the voice on this tape? Do you recognize the voice? Now, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas say that that is your producer. And I'm sure that James, because the New York Times has already gone through all of James's due diligence, all the processes he uses in terms of determining the newsworthiness, the investigation that he conducts, I'm sure that they check the phone number that's associated with those text messages. He says that it's Rick Salibi. But I want you to hear it from you, Jake. I want to know, is that the voice of your producer? Is that the voice of the producer that you worked with every single day since you've been hosting that program, The Lead, for years? Now, I work with my producers every single day, and I guarantee you that I could tell you every single one of their voices from the moment I hear it. You know why? Because when you're working together, you don't always get to see your producer because they might be behind a piece of glass, they might be behind something, they're over your IFB, they're in your ear, so you always know their voices very, very well, Jake. So there is no one on earth who is more qualified to tell me whether or not that is the voice of Rick Salibi than you, Jake Tapper. And the fact of the matter is, because Matt Dormick, the vice president of CNN, the communications director over there, has not said a word about this. CNN has not released a statement. So Jake, it is up to you. Stand for truth. You've always told us, Jake, that you're a guy who's a straight shooter, that you stand for truth, 
that you stand for what's right, that you stand for American morality, and you are so good and you are so strong at calling out bigotry and hatred wherever you perceive it to be, whether it's the right or the left. You called out the CCP recently. It took you, you know, years and years to finally do that, but you did. So here's my question, Dake. Do you also stand against the abuse of children for sexual purposes? Do you stand against the corruption of minors? And if so, if you even can't tell us that this isn't your producer, can you help us to identify the voice on this tape? Will you stand up to save the children, to protect them from this predator who is out there, who may, we are told, be associated with CNN? Personally, if that were me, I would have a statement out immediately. I wouldn't, wouldn't wait 75 years like Pfizer. I would come out in 75 seconds and say, hey, is that your voice? Okay, number one, you're fired. Number two, I'm calling the FBI immediately to find out what's going on and find out what we can do with that. So did you do that, Jake? Did you call the FBI? And by the way, you can tell us. You can tell us if you can't comment on an active investigation. That's perfectly fine. But what I need to know, what I need to know, Jake, what did you think when you heard that audio? Because I heard that audio and it made my blood curdle. New emails show that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins colluded to smear anti-lockdown scientists at the very beginning of the entire COVID-19 pandemic. So of course, when the COVID-19 pandemic was just starting, everybody was worried. Everybody wasn't sure what was going on. And Dr. Fauci, what did he do? He went on TV and he told us what? 15 days. 15 days to slow the spread. 15 days. So you know what I just did actually, in during show prep for the show today, I actually went back and calculated how many days has it been since Anthony Fauci told us that we only needed 15 days to slow the spread. It has been, I kid you not, 644 days since we were told 15 days to slow the spread. And the variants have kept coming, the lockdowns have gone on, they've gone off, they've gone on, they've gone off, and the vaccine mandates have been pushed from the highest level. So go back and listen to 644 days ago to what Dr. Fauci said. Now, the 15 days that we had of mitigation clearly have had an effect, although it's tough to quantitate it because of those two opposing forces. But the reason why we feel so strongly about the necessity of the additional 30 days is that now is the time, whenever you're having an effect, not to take your foot off the accelerator and on the brake, but to just press it down on the accelerator. And that's what I hope and I know that we can do. But a couple of months after the institution of these lockdowns, which many people saw as completely draconian, there was, from October 2nd to 4th, 2020, the American Institute for Economic Research hosted a small conference for scientists to discuss the COVID-19 lockdowns. Just four days later, Dr. Francis Collins, who has now left the NIH, but at the time was the longtime director of the NIH, would attack three of the scientists in attendance as fringe epidemiologists in a directive that he sent to none other than Dr. Anthony Fauci and other senior staff of the NIH. And he claimed that they were fringe epidemiologists because they dared to have the temerity, to have the alacrity and the audacity to question the edicts of the great head 
of the National Institute of Health. Their names, Martin Koldorf of Harvard, Sunetra Gupta of Oxford, and Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford. And what did they do? They followed the evidence and they wrote something called the Great Barrington Declaration. Now we covered this, War Room covered this when I was over there. What did this mean? This was a question of, a simple question. They said, were the lockdowns the most effective method to fight COVID-19? Because we know that COVID circulates. We know that it is not chance contact with somebody that gets you COVID. It is long-term exposure to somebody with COVID in close, confined, unfiltered, by the way, unfiltered spaces. This is why airplanes and air travel have not been a major cause of outbreak in this because the air on an airplane is filtered. And we just, and Harvard has the study out there, you, anyone can go see this, that the air filtration systems on those airplanes allow for 99% blockage of the particles and particulates and the, and the droplets that cause COVID-19. But what did we see in these emails? Here we go, Dr. Francis to Anthony Fauci, hi Tony. And then, he posed, and then he posts the Great Barrier Declaration and he wrote, this proposal from the three fringe epidemiologists who met with the secretary seemed to be getting a lot of attention and even a co-signature from Nobel Prize winner Mike Levitt at Stanford. This, their need, listen, and actually listen to this. I'm not, I, he, uh, people, I, I know I'm doing the voice, but he actually writes this in the email. There needs to be a quick and devastating published and to take down of its premises. I don't see anything like that on the line yet. Is it underway? I mean, this is the type of language that is coming out. There isn't a, hey, this is an interesting take. We should probably see what these guys are talking about. We should find out what's happening. No, a quick and devastating takedown of the premises of the Great Barrier Declaration. That is how much of a threat that this was to anybody out there. Dare you question the science? No, 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 no. You must not question the science. You must not question the NIH. You must not question the Fauci. No one is allowed to question the Fauci. No, no, no. You must follow the Fauci because the Fauci, of course, represents only science. Thank you very much. This has been your segment with Captain Hook. Once again, folks, thank you so much for supporting us, continuing to support Human Events Daily, continuing to support the show. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO. You get up to 65% off on the various items out there. You got the dog bed. Do not forget, by the way, the dog bed. Do not sleep, right? Wait, 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 wait. Don't sleep, but you, I do want you to sleep, but don't sleep on the dog bed and forget about the dog bed, but I do want you to sleep and I want your best friend to be able to sleep on the dog bed, but I want you to sleep on the mattress topper, the pillows, the sheets, and when you use the towels, you're gonna to love them, the bathrobe. I don't know if she's listening to this today, but there might be a certain little lady who might be getting a bathrobe and some towels and a few other items this year under the Christmas tree uh, at the Poso household this Christmas. So go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO, make it part of your Christmas giving and your Christmas donations, if you can, for out of the goodness of your heart. Today's this story, we've got another one, folks. We've got another one. 
A former Harvard chemistry chair has admitting to taking tens of thousands of dollars from China. So here's what's interesting to me with Harvard, it's like if you find someone who's not, they're either in bed with the CCP or they're in bed with Jeffrey Epstein. And it's like you go to Harvard, I guess the Harvard faculty, they get a choice when they're there. Maybe, maybe they're not doing this as much anymore. It's do you want to take money from Epstein or do you want to take money from the CCP? It's one track or the other track. I guess there's many ways to get tenure at Harvard, but the only two ways to be able to get funded one CCP and the other's Jeffrey Epstein. So from the Epoch Times, the former chair of Harvard's University Chemistry Department accused of hiding Chinese ties has admitting to taking tens of thousands of dollars from China in a video presented to the federal courts December 2017 shows. December 17 shows. The video, shot during federal investigators' interrogation of nanoscientist Charles Lieber, was played for jurors during the Friday court hearing, the fourth day of the trial on Lieber's alleged false statements about China funding. The 62-year-old Harvard professor has maintained that he didn't take payments from a Chinese university except for the compensation of his travel costs to China. But he, but he shifted his account quickly after the FBI and their agents accosted him with copies of evidence, including a bilingual contract that he signed with. And by the way, does anybody need to ask at this point if you've been paying attention? Where do you think that the Harvard scientist signed his contract? What city, think of all of China, all the cities of China, thousands and thousands of cities to choose from. We know Beijing and Shanghai, Beijing's the capital, Shanghai's the most populous city. What city did the Harvard professor, the head of their chemistry department, did he choose to make a deal with when he took tens of thousands of dollars, by the way, $50,000 a month with approximately 158,000 in living expenses. This is part of, of the CCP's Thousand Talents Plan. And I don't think anybody in the audience within the sound of my voice will be surprised to hear that the university that he chose was the Wuhan University of Technology. For some reason, out of the entire scope of the People's Republic of China, he was able to go and pluck, just at random. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he threw a dart at a board or something, just stuck his finger on a map and said, yeah, Wuhan, that sounds good. All the way back, I kid you not, 2011. How deep does the rabbit hole of Wuhan go? This is why they didn't want to release any information about what went down in Wuhan. They didn't want to release the origin of COVID-19 because they knew that the minute you started asking questions about Wuhan, that it would not only fall on the CTP and their scientists and whether or not the PLA was actually involved in a program there that it was going to uncover everyone from the US, from our academia and from our National Institute of Health. Well, that is all the time we have for Human Events Daily. Recording here live. I know you guys hear the noise, the hustle and bustle around us as the crowds fill in here at America Fest, Phoenix, Arizona, the first ever America Fest. If you haven't seen this, please go and watch some of the videos. It's absolutely incredible, stunning, really. Tens of thousands of people, and most of them young, most of them under 30, um, many under 20 that are here in attendance in defense of their nation, taking a stand as patriots for their country. Share this episode out with your normie friends. Be the influence agent. I want to also let you guys know that over the Christmas break, over the holiday break, we have prepared 
a number of one-on-one -on -one interviews for you guys to listen to throughout this entire time, including ones with Tanya Tay that's gonna drop on Christmas, and another one with Steve Bannon, of all people, that's gonna come out on New Year's weekend. So ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore and stay tuned because those episodes are absolute fire.